how to develop your courage muscle, how to live a life of purpose, how to decide when to ask for help and when not to, how to stop playing it small, and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 451 with New York Times bestselling author, partner at High Performance Institute, and serial entrepreneur, Randy Garn. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals who are hungry for growth get closer to the best version of themselves so that they can live meaningful and impactful lives. One way that we do this is through the 10-week transformation where we help people lose body fat, build muscle, and create healthy habits so that they can build confidence in themselves. If you're interested in gaining motivation and having the accountability that you need to build healthy habits, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10 WT to get started today. Again, nickcarrier.com slash 10 WT to get started today. Today, I am so pumped to bring y'all Randy Garn. Randy is a New York Times bestselling author. He's the, a partner at High Performance Institute, and he's a passionate entrepreneur. His favorite thing in the world is to help grow companies and grow people. He works closely with some of the world's most recognized CEOs, companies, thought leaders, and experts. Randy's been awarded Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernst & Young and Top 40 Under 40 Entrepreneur. He has also mastered the art of customer acquisition, marketing, sales, and how it relates to overall lifetime customer experience. As I said, he's a serial entrepreneur, investor, and leader, and he's founded numerous companies and has also led many others to explosive growth. Randy is an alumnus of Brigham Young University, and he's also a graduate of the Owner-President Management Program and an alumnus of Harvard University. Randy loves his wife, Charlotte, their four beautiful daughters, and his two rowdy boys. But y'all, before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and make sure you share this episode. I am telling you, your friends, your family, your coworkers, your peers, they need to hear this episode. It is powerful. Send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Randy Garner. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. Today, I am super fired up to be joined by the one and only Randy Garn. Randy, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Love it, man. Nick, it's great to be with you. I've loved your show, loved your podcast. I listened to some of some of your episodes, and I love I love that you're helping people be be their best. There's nothing better. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And and right back at you. Right back at you. Well, I want to give everybody a quick little overview on you a little bit and then kind of follow that up with a question. I know that you were one of six kids and you were heavily influenced by your father who was a high school football coach and a rancher. And so I'm, I loved that he, when you guys were in the car with him, you would listen to Les Brown and a lot of different motivational speakers and stuff. And I think that's such a great programming at, at such a young age. And then I also know that you did a lot of entrepreneurial things at a very young age. I know you sold worms when you were like 11, 12, and 13. You built a mini golf course at your house and, and sold tickets to it and different things of that nature. And I think one of the things that I love that I've heard you say before is you always had this will to be self-sufficient and self-reliant. And I think that is such a powerful thing for all of us 
to have the will to be, to have the will to be self-sufficient and not feel like we need to rely on anybody else for our own success or our own progress. And so kind of the question following following that is, do you feel like that's something that came because of how your father or your parents raised you? Do you think that's something that was ingrained in you? Tell us a little bit about how you think the will of self-reliance came. I, I do think... I do think a lot of it came into kind of my upbringing um, from my mom and my dad. I think a lot of it came from our faith. Like one of the things that we, that we really pride on is, you know, taking care of yourself and, and not having to rely upon anything else spiritually, emotionally, physically, that you literally can do it on your own. And I, I think that's, that's a one thing that I preach and I try to live myself is, you know, you have to rely upon others. Um, you have to build teams, but self-reliance is one where you could do it on your own, you know, and mm-hmm. you could survive. You could, you, you don't have the stresses. So I always try to get to that place. I think that was some of it. Um, but you know, I have six, I have their six kids and I think, you know, I'm, I'm the main one that's an entrepreneur. So at the same time, I can't say that it was just like, we're all different. And, but yet I chose the path of entrepreneurship more so than probably any of my other other family members. So, mm. yeah, I think everybody needs to make sure they're not hearing what we're not saying. We're not saying that you don't need other people because that's obviously the opposite of what we're saying. Because I know that you're so much about building teams and stuff. Have there any ever been a moment or different experiences in your life where you have taken the self reliance to too far, where you have not asked for enough help from other people when maybe you should have? Um, you know what? Yes. Um, a really good experience I had is that when I was 18 years old, I went and lived in the Philippines for two years. And I tried to do everything on my own. I tried to like, it was just like, it was just me and God, you know, just trying to do everything on my own and, you know, trying to be the best I could, trying to do everything that I could as a, as a young man. Now, I remember after my two years, my, the leader that was over saw me, and I, I respected him a ton. He literally, my, and he always kind of gives every everybody like a closing remark before you fly home. But one thing that that leader said, he's like, Randy, never be afraid to ask for help. He's like, you don't need to do all this on your own. He's like, you are an amazing human. But he's like, I do want you to know, like, you don't, do not be afraid to ask for help. People will want to help you. And that was tremendous advice that, that came from him, you know, because you, you do want to be self-reliant. But again, at the same at the same time, it's like when you get when you get to be self-reliant, then you can also help support others. But just him saying that to me, it took like a weight off my shoulders, to be honest with you. No, I think that's I think that's really powerful for somebody that you look up to and you feel like has a lot of answers when they tell you that you're like oh you ask for help and it's empowering for you to be able to ask for help as well i think a long i kind of want to stick here just a little bit longer because i think it's important to have the ability to decide when you should ask for help versus when you shouldn't do you have maybe something subconsciously that you run through your mind or maybe it's conscious where you are trying to determine whether or not you should be asking for help for something or whether or not it's something that you can figure out on your own? Or is there something, a lens that you look through that can help you decide which route to take? Yeah, I have kind of three three principles. I always talk about how to automate, delegate, and eliminate. Well, those are three things that I preach a ton, you know, how to automate, delegate, and eliminate. 
things in your life. And so, um, you know, if you can automate it, you've already done it one time on your own and you can set that system and that process up. But I always like to think about what are the things that I can delegate that aren't driving the most value for my time, right? I mean, I have an amazing, amazing chief of staff. She literally handles all my emails. She's just on top of stuff, scheduling. She is handling so much, so much stuff. And I have another person that just handles like all the little odds and ends stuff, you know, um, so that I can focus on doing this podcast, so that I can focus on my big partnerships, so that I can focus on big contracts, so that I can focus on things that actually move the needle. I think too many times, and I and I learned this a ton from from a big a mentor of mine, Harvey McKay, is that you know one of the things that he always quoted, uh, you know, um, uh, he was it that said, "There's nothing more frustrating than doing something, you know, to your best ability that should not be done at all." And mm. so I think that's important to look at every single day. And what what are the tasks at hand, and what do you need to do? What do you need to do and what can you delegate? Um, because I'll bet if you figured out your life a lot better, I think you would make so much more money if you got really, really, really efficient at those three things, automating, delegating, and eliminating things in your life. So mm. that's that's kind of a lens I look at. I try to just every night I journal and I write down the five most important things that I must do. And I don't finish that day until those things are done. And I usually do the hardest things first. Mm. You know, sometimes there's timing involved and things like that. You got to wait for things in process. I've got a big contract I'm working on right now. I need to wait to hear back from one other person before I can set up the next meeting. But I've got it all done. I got it ready to go. And we're, we're looking at some really fun stuff. So but I think those are, those are some of the things that, that I look through on how I decide whether I should do it and be self-reliant or is a part of self-reliance building a great team as well. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt having other people around you that you can delegate to when things are not a best use of your time is is key. And so one of the things that I think you said was that you know one of the worst things you can do is give it a 100%, your 100% and do something really well that you shouldn't have never done in the first place. And I've kind of heard a similar quote, or at least I feel like it's pretty similar, is like the ultimate failure is reaching a mountaintop that you don't actually care to be on. And so I think oftentimes we can work to climb certain mountaintops that we don't actually care to climb if we never crafted an intentional vision for our life and where we want to go. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about, about creating a, a vision for our life. And so with that said, did, did you have maybe 10 years ago a vision for where you wanted to be today? And if so, how much different was maybe that vision from where you are? You know, it's, it's interesting because I do think that strategy, I'm actually where I'm, where I'm at today is where I envisioned it, but how I got here was very roundabout. Mm. Very, very interesting, but I am, I am where I'm at today that I love what I do, but it was kind of navigating a massive, you know, river or you know whatever it may be you know to find my polaris point to find my north star and the and and you can't see the dots forward you can only see them looking back mm. and so i think the main thing that i've done well is managing really well key and important relationships you never know who the treasure map to the treasure is and 
you never know who somebody's brother is. It's going to introduce you to somebody that's going to like impact your life forever. And so I, I think that am I, am I doing exactly what I wanted to do, you know, 10, 15 years ago? Yes. Um, am I working with the people that I thought I was going to work with? I'm actually working with better people than I thought I was going to work with. So mm-hmm. that has actually changed when the caliber of individuals and humans that I decided to proximity is power is at the level of caliber of people that I'm associating with. I was thinking too small. Mm-hmm. And, and now all of my friends are, they are pretty, pretty amazing. I'm not a lot of people hear about me because I'm actually the guy behind the back. I'm in, I'm the guy behind the curtains. I'm actually an integrator. So I'm, literally, you know, building some really, really cool stuff out right now. And you're seeing a lot of it being manifested on, on different, with different uh, thought leaders and different trainings and different companies that, that I'm on the board with. And so a lot of neat things are happening, but am I dealing now? I just, I look back and I'm like, I'm dealing with like my best friends. I'm working with my best friends. I'm people, I'm working with people that I love, like, and respect. And it wasn't always that way. I'd say like six years ago is a little different. I was working with some people that, you know, you just have to, their P over their E squared, you know, their principles and, and uh, personal integrity have to be higher than their ego and self-economic interests. Right. So, so you just, but because I did that, I actually appreciate where I'm at so much more now. I mean, some of those, some of those things you have to go through so that you can really understand where you want to be. Yeah. That's great. I think there, there's so many different things in there I want to try to touch on real quickly. And the first one is how you said, I am. I had a vision and I'm basically where I was going to be, but the strategy was different. And I think that's one of the things that we all need to always remind ourselves of, re- remind ourselves of, is it's vision first and then strategy. You got to let the, you can't let the strategy drive the vision. And I, that's something that I have been working on myself is not try to define the dots first and then decide how I can, where I'm going to go. It's like where I want to go first and then find the dots after that. So I think that was really critical. One of the things that you said, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is I know that you said that you found yourself thinking smaller, maybe playing smaller than you should have been. How did you break out of that mindset? We'll be back to the interview in just a second, but first I wanted to share some words from a participant of the 10-week transformation. At Best You, we started running the 10WT back in January of 2020 and have since had 313 people and counting go through it. They've seen their bodies get stronger than ever before, they've seen the stubborn fat finally come off, and they've seen their habits dramatically improve. And honestly, more than anything, they've seen their self-confidence skyrocket. If you want to learn more about the 10-week transformation, then you can go to nickcarrier.com slash 10WT. That's nickcarrier.com slash the number 10WT. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but first, here's what they had to say. My name is Bo, and the reason I joined the 10-week program uh, is really just to continue to excel and get better at my physical health and well-being. I've done the 10-week uh, program before, and you know, really results so far Everyone up, I've, I've lost weight each time I've done it. I've gotten better shape. I've also uh, just been healthy all the way around, um, including you know physical well-being, but also mental health. Uh, this last time, you know, I dropped about uh, five pounds. The class I did before, I'm probably down total around 20 pounds. My favorite part of the program 
hard to say, but it's probably two things. One, um, both the workouts, you know, just having something that was really, uh, you know, motivates you to get up out of bed. And the equal parts uh, is probably just the, uh, the habits that you learn, you know, you're able to take care of yourself for a long term. Honestly, I broke out of it by really investing in myself and really going doubling down on, on personal development, doubling mm. down on continual study, doubling down on the individuals and people that I surround myself with that, I mean, nobody I surround myself with has any stinking thinking. I don't ever hear them complain. All I hear them, compl all I hear them like really talk about is like, dude, we're going, we're building, let's go, let's do this. You know, from Brendan Burchard's one of my best friends building out an amazing technology called Growth Day. And it's just exploding. You know, I get to talk with, I get to talk every day with just some amazing other leaders that I'm on the board with and, and, and listening to some of the things that, that we're building and doing. So I think it's, I think how not to play small is you have to look at your circle. You really do. It makes such a massive impact. So I really, I mean, I've got my core. And one of the things that I 100% believe in is that on my, with my phone, you know, I've got my 25 favorites and they're, they're on here. And that is, that's my core group. That is my, that's my tribe, dude. And then I've got my friends outside of that, that I do social stuff with and interactions and all that. And I got everybody else, you know? So, but I've got this core group that, that I was like, dude, that's who I talk to every day. That's who we work with every day. We're best friends and we're driving businesses and building value together. So there's a ton of, ton of great things that, that, uh, that we can do with it. So, no, I, I think that's so critical. The two things that you kind of touched on was building on your own personal development and your own personal growth, because I think that just gives you continually more and more confidence in yourself that you can do big things. And then the other thing is surrounding yourself with people. I'm relatively early on in my entrepreneurial journey, and I'm not not too terribly long ago got a group of mentors of people who are a relatively good amount older than me who have done big things from a business standpoint. And I always thought too small from a financial standpoint and they're getting me asking me these questions and I'm, it's kind of blowing my mind, but I'm like, Oh wait, I, I'm so glad to have these people around who are pushing me to think bigger. And I think I would not be able to do that if I was just sitting by myself at my own desk in my own head. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, and then, the, okay. The next thing I want to talk about that I think is, key is, you know, you talked about how you are kind of the person in the background of so many different of your friends. And that's kind of how I found you. I, I follow a lot of some of the big thought leaders that you work with and, and some of the big thought leaders that are your best friends. And then you also talked about how you're an integrator. And I actually only probably a few months ago learned about kind of the integrator role in a business, how it's it's not it's different from the visionary. And so what I want you what I would like for you if you would do is tell everybody what an integrator means, but then also talk about how you learned or came to the conclusion that that was your role and that that was something that you should play based off of your uniqueness and your personality. Well, I think, you know, there's, there's different things. If you read the book, Rocket Fuel, it's such a great book. Um, mm. if, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're building a business or if you're running a team, it's a really, really awesome book to read. And it really talks about the yin and yang of the visionary and the integrator is that to have a really good company, you have to be, you have to have a really good visionary and you have to have a really good integrator. I actually happen to be pretty strong on both. 
but probably stronger on the integration side. And I think of that is because I actually love to like get my hands in the meatloaf and I love to work and I love, I literally love to see things go. You know, a visionary is a lot of times one that will come up with a massive vision and, and then he'll need really good people around him to execute. That's why I do sit on a lot of pretty big boards because I can actually be a board member that helps them really move the needle in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and I found out that I'm an, I'm an integrator with people and leaders. So I actually will come in and help the leadership team ex- just get more dialed in, more productive, more focused, more clear, have more energy, you know, raise their necessity, have more courage. And so my my integration piece is actually the human capital side of things. And I think that's where I where I do the very best is, mm-hmm. is leadership and leading. And so that's I help that leader that has a massive you know vision. I can actually articulate that vision in such a way and rally the whole team around it. Where sometimes they have a really hard time doing that is getting their team because it's hard to be a prophet in your own land sometimes, you know? It, it, it's, it's a true, true thing. And so that's why, you know, I will sit on some pretty substantial advisory boards and helping with moving moving things forward in a big way. But I've, I've found mm-hmm. that I've actually really, really loved loved doing that, loved, loved taking a vision and really executing to that. And that's that's kind of that that yin and the yang. It's the missing piece in the integrator and visionary. That I think I'm probably one of the best at. Mm, that's great. It's one of the things you said you help leaders do a lot is make sure they stay focused. And I think that everybody needs to improve their focus. We're all inundated with innumerable number of distractions every single day. What are the some of the principles that you maybe teach leaders to? narrow their focus when they think to do more, 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 when it's really stay in your lane a little bit more and, and narrow your focus? Well, it depends on, it also depends on who you are, you know? So, you know, if you're really good at marketing and that's the one thing you love to do, like stay focused on that. If you're really good at accounting and billing, you know, stay focused on that. But some of the visionaries are actually you, I, I love it when I work with people because I'm actually more of a, I'm actually more of an orchestra, you know. I like to like work with the violins and the trombones and mm. like everything to make some awesome music. And so it's really funny when people say, "Dude, well, what do you do?" You know, because I understand customer acquisition, I understand marketing, I understand people. Um, so I'm more of a orchestra. I, mean, I really when orchestrating more so than just like a single player. If that makes sense. So. So I think it's it's understanding that. But if you have a specific core competency, that's my core competency is like doing that. But if you have a specific core competency, like, dude, I want to build the very biggest and best podcast in the whole world. And then that becomes your myopic. That's your like monomaniac. That's what I'm doing. And that's all I'm doing, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I, think, I think it's just helping. It's understanding that. Right. No, it's definitely very contextual. And some people are and their career is more generalists than they are specialists. And so th- their focus is a little bit more of a broad brush than, than somebody who might be more of a specialist. One of the things that I thought about when I was watching you in, in different interviews is I learned that you're, I think I might have, I think this interview might have been a year ago. So I don't know if this is still true, but I, I heard that your daughter started her, maybe a jewelry business or something to that extent. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I, I'm constantly fascinated by, I'm not a parent, not married or anything like that, don't have kids. But I think one of the things that so many parents do nowadays, and I'm not criticizing because I've never stepped in their shoes, 
but is they protect their child from risk or they protect their child from danger. And when I hear, and I want to hear from your standpoint and your point of view, how you're able to balance the love as a parent of not wanting to put them in danger, but also knowing that they need to experience some risk and they need to experience some downside in their life and, and how you go about kind of navigating that balance, if you will. Well, I mean, I, I think that it's true, not only with my kids, but with adults as well. You know, we like tomorrow, we're going to Moab, Utah, and I'm speaking at a massive mastermind down there. We were, we're taking the helicopter down and we're taking a guy that's never been on one. We're going to do some repelling and all that. I mean, not only with kids, but there's so many adults and things that haven't really experienced things. You know, I'm a full outdoorsman, hunting, fishing. You know, I rolled bulls in college. Like, I'm like, let's, let's go for it. I want to have every, like squeeze the drop out of every, every bit of life. And, and I try to do that not only with my kids, you know, so I take my kids fly fishing. I have four daughters and two, two sons. You know, I've got two sets of twins. So it's like freaking herding, herding cats around my house. But I take my daughter fly fishing. Like, you know, we're going horseback riding next week. And, you know, I want them to experience those things. Every Saturday, we try to do an adventure. So I'll take my family out. I'll take my boys out. And we'll go side by side riding. Or we'll go. I'll teach them how to start a fire and how to, you know, fill heat and how to get burned and how to have failure. You know, doing sports. I Getting them into sports. Get them into football. Get them into track. Get them into soccer. So they can experience those things. They can experience loss. They can experience teamwork. They can experience life. You know, my, my daughters are amazing ballerinas. They've been doing it since they're like three years old. Um, they're both Claire and Nutcracker this year. And, you know, just to see their discipline and their dedication, um, the teamwork they have, but also that I have two sets of twins. They're so unique and so different, you know? And so everybody has a different risk tolerance, but you have to, you have to develop that courage muscle. You really do. And <clears throat> that courage muscle is not, not always doing experiences that are things. It could be starting that business, which you're freaking so scared to start. But I promise you, like, it will be the best thing you ever do. Because if you don't do it, it's going to eat you alive. You know, this is like, what is that thing that you're afraid to do? That's probably the exact thing you need to do. You know, stay safe mm -hmm. when you're doing it. Be wise. Don't be dumb about it. You know, when I take my kids out and do stuff, I'm, I ensure their safety, but I also push them to their limits. Like we go on some hard hikes as 10 year old boys, like hiking some hard, hard mountains and like they want to give up. And you know what? We keep pushing. But at the end of it, you're like, all right, God, we got this. You know, that's what a good coach does. That's what a good leader does. He takes you to higher levels than you think not possible on your own. So that's developing that courage muscle. And so I, I'm consciously thinking about that for myself is like, how do I push myself even harder? How do I master the art of living? That's what I want to do. Mm. And it kind of goes back to a little bit what you said before too, of not thinking small, but thinking bigger by being around other people. Like you said, any good leader, any good parent is going to try to get you to the next level that you didn't think that you were capable of yourself. And so if you're trying to get to a new level, get around people who will encourage you to take that risk and, and, and have the have you develop that courage muscle yourself. That's just so critical. So critical. Well, I want to make sure uh, I get you out of here on time. So before I get to that last question here, Randy, I just want to acknowledge you for your ability, one, to kind of just do what you just said, to really challenge the different people in your life and your kids and your family. I think that's so much easier said than done. 
And for you to be able to do that and for you to be able to do that with other companies and other business leaders and other team members as well, uh, I think that's so key. And obviously, that kind of principle really serves you well in your integrator role, especially when it comes to relationships and, and things of that nature. So it's pretty apparent what a lot of your uniquenesses are today. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Love it. Well, man, um, I, just, I, I love, I love what you're doing. And I think we just, this is sharing, sharing the goodness and helping people really understand, you know, what's possible. You know, everything's possible until it, everything's impossible until it's done. Right. And mm -hmm. so I think becoming your best version is you'll surprise yourself. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Uh, bef uh, make sure you guys go follow Randy Garn on Instagram at Randy Garn, and you can look up his website at randygarn.com. So much great stuff there as well. But the last question here, Randy, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think we actually ever get to that best version. And I also think the way that I get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to that best version of Randy Gard that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or work on? That's three things that I can work on. You know, I'm, I need to do a full Ironman. That's, for, that's my, my physicality. I did, a, I did the Kona Half Ironman. They, I, we're going to do the full Ironman, but COVID shut that down. And so I need to do a full Ironman. I think the other thing is I need to do, I'm going double, double deep on just my spiritual side and really building a deep, meaningful relationship with God. And I think it's so important to just like be worthy and to stay clear. And, you know, I don't waste my time on, I really don't waste my time on like, I don't watch TV. I don't watch, I literally, I'm so busy building stuff and doing stuff that I want to ensure that also that I'm spending time and putting aside time every single day for my personal relationship with God and my savior. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's important to me. And I think that's, that's how I become my very best self is like, you know, to really ensure that I'm aligned with what's most important. And then I think for me too is I want to be the best dad and husband I possibly can be. Um, there's no no amount of success in, in business can compensate for failure in the home. Mm. And so I want to be, you know, I want my kids to know I love them and I'm there for them and with them and stuff. So I think that's also also a super, super important, important tip. So that's awesome. That's very admirable and a, and a great piece of advice that no level of success outside of the home can compensate for failure inside of the home. That's great. That's great. Well, Randy, that's all we had today. That was super valuable and I know absolutely everybody's going to love it. So I really appreciate your time today. Hey, thanks a ton, Nick. You're the best man. Wow. What an amazing conversation with Randy. You guys have to make sure that you share this episode with a friend or family member who would be inspired by it as well as I know you were. And if you enjoyed the show, then I would love it if you would leave a five-star rating and review. And remember, developing the courage muscle is critical. It's critical to your personal growth. It's critical to your happiness. It's critical to your success. And it's critical to your lasting fulfillment. And remember, in order to stop playing it small, which I think is a problem that 99.9% .9 of us have, me included, 
One, double down on your personal development to help build your own confidence. And then two, surround yourself with people who will encourage you to stretch for bigger and better things. But for now, it's time. It's time to build that courage muscle, to know when it's appropriate to ask for help and to stop playing small because it's these things that will help you to continue to get closer and closer to your best you.